This is Everyday Wellness, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve your health and wellness goals and provide practical strategies that you can use in your real life. And now, here is your host, nurse practitioner Cynthia Thurlow. Today, I'm so excited to have Dr. Karen Dunstan. She's a leading by example OBGYN and functional medicine expert who lost a life-changing 100 pounds and healed herself from chronic disease by addressing the root causes of her health issues naturally. She's been featured on numerous podcasts and summits and on NBC, Fox, Great Day Washington, Reader's Digest, The Huff Post, First for Women, Best Self, and more. She is the host of the Stop the Menopause Madness Summit, which I'm a proud participant in, where top experts share their top strategies for attendees to lose weight, regain energy, balance mood, feel sexy, look great, and master midlife, and the author of Cracking the Bikini Code. She also hosts her Brilliant Health Revolution podcast and her Brilliant Health Secrets YouTube channel, which gives women the knowledge, tools, and support they need to take control of their health and not only heal, but thrive in life. Welcome. It's so nice to be reconnected to you. You too, Cynthia. So good to see you. Yeah. So, you know, let's deep dive. Let's just jump right into that pond. Tell me what we are doing wrong for women as they make this midlife transition and why we are missing the mark. Why are so many women suffering as they make that transition from perimenopause to menopause? Why is that happening? Because we OBGYNs are not doing what's right for women. I mean, I have to say that as an OBGYN, a board certified one for over 20 years, I couldn't figure out what was wrong with my health using the tools I was given in my OBGYN residency and practicing for many, many years, right? The tools we are given are not enough to address women's health concerns really throughout the lifespan, but it really shows up in menopause because the hormonal depravity and deprivation in menopause is so severe that the symptoms are so excessive and women in menopause suffer more than any other women at any other age. And the toolbox of the traditional medical doctor, the family practitioner, internist, OBGYN is inadequate to help them. And this is why there are millions of women suffering Mm -hmm. because they go to get the answers that they're looking for at their doctor's office, but they don't know that their doctor doesn't have the answers. And worse yet, their doctor doesn't know Mm -hmm. that they don't have the answers. So they think they have the answers, And they use their standard answers, which we can go into detail what their answers are, but they're inadequate to help women at midlife, in menopause, and women suffer. And that is the bottom line. And it's so true because I know when I was practicing as an NP, so all my background is in cardiology as an NP, and I would see these women in their 40s and 50s, I'm like, what is wrong with them? You know, initially I kept saying, I'm seeing, I mean, they weren't coming to me for these symptoms, but everyone had the same. They're tired. They've gained weight. They can't sleep. They're having hot flashes. You know, they've got digestive distress. They have no libido. And I just kept seeing these patterns for years and years and years. And I kept saying to the docs I work with, something's going on for women in middle life. And, you know, the irony is that as I started making that transition in my forties and hit perimenopause, like I flew into a wall, you know, I was doing everything wrong, over-exercising too low carb, too much exercise, not enough sleep, doing all the wrong things because we had been conditioned that these are the things you're supposed to do. And then realizing that we're missing opportunities with women and that is so profoundly detrimental. So let's kind of back up a little bit and let's talk about some of the things that you were seeing in your practice when you were practicing more traditionally, the things you were seeing and kind of the standard mindset is well, seemingly to me, it's a lot of hormone or it's antidepressants. It's, you know, this one size fits all cookie cutter approach when we're all bio individuals and there's so much more than that. So let's back up a little bit and let's talk about some of the more conventional things that you doing years ago and that we were both seeing and how we're kind of leveling up. We're providing a different level of different expectation for women as they're aging now. 
Yeah. So when I was in my 40s, I had practiced OBGYN for over a decade and my weight was suffering and my health was suffering. I had chronic fatigue. So I was either sleeping or at work. Some people can probably relate. Mm -hmm. I had something called fibromyalgia where I had pain in various parts of my body every day debilitating pain. I had depression and anxiety and on, at one point was on five different medications for those. I had gastrointestinal problems. They said I had irritable bowel and then I got a scope on the top and the bottom mm -hmm. and I had gastritis. Mm -hmm. So I was really not healthy. My hair was falling out. I had no sex drive. And I was looking around at all my patients who were in their 40s and they had the same stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, some of them couldn't sleep. I slept too much, but it was varying disruptions of sleep and energy. Everybody was tired, depressed. And the tools that I was given in medical school and residency were symptom management drugs. So it was my prescription pad. So it was either my prescription pad, and if that didn't work after a while, we'd end up in the OR. Those were my two tools, right? pretty much. And then it would be lip service to, oh, eat less, exercise more. Oh, get to bed at the same time every day. I mean, just these kind of platitudes that didn't really help anyone. If people asked me, oh, do I need to detox my body? What was I taught to say? No, you don't need to detox yeah. your body. Your body takes care of it yourself. Mm -hmm. So we just had these answers. So it would be my prescription pad. And so a typical woman in her midlife would come in, I can't sleep. Ambien, I don't mm -hmm. feel like myself. Celexa, Lexapro, mm -hmm. Prozac. And I have, you know, indigestion and I'm gassy. Well, irritable bowel, bental or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Right. So we would just give women a plethora of prescriptions. Oh, yeah. And for menstrual dysfunction, any type of cyclic menstrual mm -hmm. cycle related dysfunction, birth control pill, birth control pill. That one didn't work. Here's another one. Right. So this is what I was taught and that was my toolbox and that's what I did. But, oh, look, nobody's really getting healthy here. No one ever, after all this pharmaceutical intervention and surgical intervention comes into my office looking ravishing and, you know, slender and lost that extra 50 pounds and her hair's full and vibrant. And she tells me my relationship's great and I have great sex drive right now, right? That never happened. And I started thinking like, what is wrong here? I'm supposed to know more about women's health than anyone else. And I'm obviously not helping these women, even though I'm stamping out symptoms mm -hmm. and I'm stamping out my symptoms because Cynthia, literally I had a closet full of drugs in, at home, like my own little pharmacy. I had a pill for everything. I got a headache. I have heartburn. I have indigestion. I'm bloaty and gassy. I have pain. I had a pill for everything. They had pills for everything, but why is no one really getting healthy? And here I am weighing 243 pounds and I hurt all day, every day. I look like I'm 60 and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, is this what life is going to be for all of us? But particularly for me, I thought, you know what, at some point, if this is what life's going to be, I don't even want to live it. It was that bad. Wow. And, you know, I kept going to my internist and she would run tests and they'd come back, quote unquote, normal. Mm -hmm. And I'd run, I checked my thyroid at least 10 times and it was, quote unquote, <laughs> normal. Right. And I was just so hopeless. And then one of these beautiful ladies who I cared for, who was having the same 40-year-old middle life problems, she went away and I didn't see her for a year. She came back and I saw her at the end of the hall and I was like, oh my gosh she looked completely different, right? She had lost 30 pounds. Her skin was bright. Her eyes were shining. Her hair was full. She had this smile. I was like, oh my gosh, I couldn't wait to get her into a room and say, what did you do? Mm -hmm. Of course I did. And she said, oh, I went to this doctor who practices this thing called functional medicine. And I said, well, what is that? And she said, I'm glad you asked. I brought you this book from Suzanne Summers where I learned yep. about it. She gave me the book. And it's so funny because she was a walking testimonial for everything I had wanted for my patients, mm -hmm. but I hadn't seen as being possible. But I took the book home and I was married at the time and I put it on my nightstand and I said to my husband, I'm not reading this book. It's by Chrissy on Three's Company. Yeah. And he said, yeah. And she was a 
Playboy Bunny too. And I'm like, well, I'm surely not reading it. You know, I had such arrogance that she can't teach me anything. And so it sat there for months. And then about three months later, it was a Saturday. I was in my pajamas in the bed where I always was on Saturday. And my kids came in and said, we're going to the movies. We'll be back. Right. They didn't even bother asking me because they knew the answer is mom is working or she's in the bed. Don't bother her. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, let me pick up the book so I can just check it off my to-do list. I'll just flip through it and then I can say thank you very much and give it back to her. But the funniest thing happened. It wasn't anything about Suzanne. It was just her using her celebrity as a vehicle to bring information from these scientists and doctors in this field I had never heard of called functional medicine mm-hmm. verbatim. So it was just her asking them questions and them answering, which was brilliant because I knew it was the truth when I read it because it harkened back to everything I learned in medical school, the beautiful biochemistry and physiology of the body. It's beautiful. It's so intelligent. It's brilliant. And I knew that what they were saying was true. And they talked about tests I never heard of. There were tests I never heard of to check female hormone levels and salivary cortisol, your stress hormone, your most important hormone that I was taught really wasn't an issue unless you had a disease, which meant you were in the top or bottom 2.5% of values and you had Addison's or Cushing's disease, right? How is there test for this? And I never heard of this. Nassau uses it. They've used it since the inception of the space program. They've used it in Europe since the 1950s. Why do I not know about this? But I knew it was the truth. We all have that truth meter. We know when our girlfriend brings that guy home, when she starts dating him, that he's no good within five minutes, right? I knew this was the truth. And then I was reading the book, like The Da Vinci Code. And I finished it that day. Sun went down. I finished the book. And all of a sudden, I was filled with hope, which I hadn't had in years. Hope that my health could be different. Hope that my life could be different. Hope that my patients' lives could be different. And I vowed that day to learn everything I could about functional medicine and see if it really was true because I have to test it on myself. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. I just started doing these tests I never heard of. And oh my gosh, when I did the right tests and read them the right way, I actually was low thyroid. Mm -hmm. And when I discovered sex hormone testing, salivary, I was deficient in progesterone. Oh my gosh. So I replenished those. And then it just went from there. I would go to a conference. I would learn about special tests. I would do them. I'd address the issues. And I was kind of like Hansel and Gretel following the breadcrumb trail. And I just started losing weight and having less pain. And my hair started growing back and I was in a better mood. And then after two years, I mean, eventually I joined the fellowship program because I became a believer. I realized this is the way that you get the body healthy. And then my patients, of course, started seeing the changes in me, just like I saw it in my patient. And they were pulling me aside. What are you doing? Because you look amazing. And so I started doing this work with them. And then after a while, I couldn't give people birth control pills anymore. And I was just telling them all, well, this is what my board certification says you need, but you don't want that. You want to come see me on another day when we can spend an hour together and talk about salivary hormone testing Mm -hmm. and do that. And of course, I've never met a woman who, when educated about the difference between what she gets in mainstream medicine and a root cause resolution approach, hasn't said 100%, I want that, I need that. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my journey from... The dark side too. (laughs) (laughs) What an incredibly powerful story. And for any woman that's listening that has struggled through perimenopause, into menopause or in menopause, I can tell you that sometimes it takes a healthcare provider going through their own midlife crisis to really shake things up, you know, shake up the dogma that we have learned through our training and through our educational process. And here's the funny thing. I have that Suzanne Summers book because I bought (laughs) every single book that was out there on menopause and perimenopause because I wanted to understand more and women do deserve better. You know, this is like our second puberty, you know, it's like puberty in reverse, (laughs) but it's like our second puberty. So 
you know, when we're talking about the endocrine system and this beautiful, delicate balance, I'm sure you are probably talking to your patients about the hypothalamus pituitary axis and how that is so influenced by, you know, the information that we take in from our environment and the chronic stress, the lack of sleep, the, you know, maybe it's in middle life that people are realizing, who is that person I married? That's not the same person I married. I'm not the person I was when I got married. I mean, all of these things and, you know, sandwich generation, we've got kids at home, probably with COVID, a lot of us have kids at home, kids at home, our parents are aging, you know, trying to find our way, you know, you talk about, you know, really looking for these root causes of, you know, what's contributing to these symptoms, because there are so many symptoms that we experience, but the one that I hear more about from friends, family, patients, clients are hot flashes. And it was the A number one question I got when I was asking people on social media, I'm bringing on Dr. Karen and, you know, let's talk about the things that are most of interest to you. So let's unpack hot flashes. I know it can be many, many things can cause them, but how do you address this in your practice? Yeah, it is so big. It was even a part of my story. I had such bad hot flashes when I would do surgery. They already keep the operating room Mm -hmm. suite at about 60 degrees. I had them turn it down more because I would just pour sweat and they would have to put wet towels um, with cold water on my neck. And it was just horrible. Sometimes I thought I'm not going to make it through this surgery because Mm -hmm. I'm going to pass out from the heat. So yes, very common. And Yes, they can be caused by many different factors. We always attribute it to female hormone dysfunction, sex hormone dysfunction, right? A disruption in estrogen and progesterone. But the truth is that people with insulin disruption and diabetes can get hot flashes, or even if you're pre-diabetic, that's a very common symptom. And people with cortisol dysfunction frequently get hot flashes. And actually, that's probably the reason why mine were so severe is because when I finally did do the salivary cortisol, I was a flat line at the bottom. So I had just enough to make it through the day. So it's not always sex hormones, they get the bad rap. But let's just for the sake of argument, say that's your only issue, and they might start in perimenopause and menopause. And as the hormone levels start going down, it signals the brain because they're not getting satiated, their receptors for these hormones. And so they're kind of screaming going, what? (laughs) Where are my hormones? And that's the hot flash. So it's a brain instigated situation that sends out messages and you get this flushing and vasodilation. Um, You actually can get an increase in your heart rate and it can feel horrible. So you're not alone if you're having that. So the first thing you want to check, certainly if you are 40 to 60, is your sex hormones. But now if you go to your doctor and you say, I think I'm having hot flashes, I want my sex hormone levels checked, they're going to look at you like you're crazy. Most of them are going to say, we don't do that. Some of them are going to argue with you and they might do it but then they're not going to know how to read it. Anyway, it's a situation. So (laughs) you definitely need to find someone who knows what they're doing to check them. So you want to get that evaluated, but then you need to look at your insulin. You also need to look at your thyroid. That's another hormone that can cause them. And you want to look at your cortisol. And I find that a lot of women Even if they're having some degree of sex hormone imbalance, if you clean up the thyroid, insulin, and cortisol, they don't have hot flashes anymore. So that's kind of you want to get evaluated. You want to figure out why you have it. So this is a big difference between, like we said, the mainstream and functional medicine. So mainstream medicine is, they're a little concerned with why, but they're more concerned with what. What is the diagnosis code I need to assign and what drug do I need to do and what surgery do I need to do? Where functional medicine is concerned with why. You have symptoms. Why do you have that? So we're always at, we're like toddlers. Why? 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 Why do you have that? Why do you have that? Okay. You have hot flashes. Why do you have hot flashes? What's going on with your hormones? Let's look at all the individual ones. Oh, your thyroid's low. Why is it low? Right? So we're asking why. Is there toxicity? That's another huge cause of hot flashes. So toxicity in the body is inflammation, right? And if you've ever had a sinus infection and you get that swollen, hot, red pus, that's inflammation. 
Well, that can be going on throughout your body, but you don't get the outward signals. So you don't get pus from it and you don't necessarily know swollen or hot. Now, if you have swelling throughout your body, particularly your hands or feet is where you'll notice it, that's a sign of toxicity and inflammation. So that could be a cause for hot flashes. Some people are so toxic that their body's response, they're mounting. So think when you get a sinus infection, if it's bad enough, what happens? Your body mounts a fever response. That's a part of your immune system function. Your body's going evict the bacteria causing the sinus infection. Well, when you don't have a sinus infection and maybe it's not bacteria, maybe you just have too much volatile organic compounds, VOCs that are petroleum byproducts that we get in Febreze and air freshener and plugins and cologne and shampoo. Maybe you have too much of that. So your immune system is going to know something's wrong and mount a response. Well, you may not have a fever because it's not an acute bacterial or viral response, which is a typical febrile response will happen to that. But it is going to elevate its inflammatory markers and deploy agents to take care of this, just like our military is going to deploy its branches of Army, Navy, Coast Guard to take care of threats. Your body's going to do the same. So that response is connected somehow in the brain to the febrile response, and you can have hot flashes from that. So there are so many things. So in functional medicine, we're all about the why. Mm -hmm. And how do you like to address, you know, obviously there's a testing component if you're looking specifically at toxins or imbalances in sex hormones. What are some of the more common and just kind of broad stroke things? What are some of the more common methodologies you'll use to address these kinds of symptoms? Like I know back in the ancient days of when I was in my nurse practitioner program, black cohosh was used a lot. I remember that was like, and they would talk about soy products and all these other things to try to suppress them. But, you know, from a functional perspective, what are some of the more common ways they address this? Well, like I said, we're all about the why. And so we're not ones to just give you something that might help your symptom. Mm. So Dong Kwai and Black Cohosh are two herbs that have been shown to help with hot flashes. They do have some estrogenic activity. They are what are known as phytoestrogens or plant-based estrogens and soy byproducts also. However, if your kids are hungry and you give them Snickers for dinner... Was that the right thing to do? Now they're not hungry. So <laughs> that might be a little obtuse analogy, but if you don't answer the question of why you're having a symptom and you're just taking things, you can do herbals in the same way as we do mainstream medicine. Mm -hmm. Oh, I have a headache. Let me take this herb. Oh, I have hot flashes. Let me take that herb. And I honestly don't recommend that generally because you're not finding out why. Mm -hmm. So you're, the kids aren't hungry anymore because they got calories, but did they actually get nutrition? No. So if you take some of these herbals, did your headache go away or did your hot flashes go away because you were addressing the reason why or because it's just that you've jacked your estrogen up so high that it's triggered your endorphin system, which a lot of people don't realize. So estrogen and testosterone are hormones that will stimulate your endorphin system, meaning, translation, you can get addicted to them. They make you feel really good. So you can take these herbs and if they elevate your estrogen and increase your endorphins, did your hot flashes go away because your endorphins went up and you just feel really good? Were you really estrogen deficient? You might not have been. And then the real reason why you were having the hot flashes can be masked. So say you really had a cortisol problem, but now your endorphins are so jacked up, you feel good. And I see this sometimes with these really high doses of estrogen and progesterone pellets that people are on. Oh, they the feel pellets. so good. I mean, I like, I actually use pellets and I like them at physiologic doses, mm -hmm. but some of them yep. are so high. I had this one woman come to me one time. She said, Dr. Kieran, I'm having orgasms walking down the street. And she told me the dose of her pellets. And I said, well, no wonder. I mean, <laughs> and no, Cynthia, she said it 
said it like this, I'm having orgasms walking down. The- like her voice had gone down so low because they had had her on so much testosterone. Well, estrogen and testosterone and then her endorphins, mm-hmm. she felt so good. So she wasn't willing to give it up. And that's why it took her so long actually to come in. <laughs> she didn't like having orgasms walking down right. the street. And she didn't like her voice getting lower, but boy, did she feel good. So back to my point that you really need to find out why. Yeah is what you need to do. So not to interrupt your, your train of thought, that's also so valuable, you know, bioindividuality. Do you work with the Dutch test? Is that a test that you use in your oh, practice? I think it's I, one of my favorite yeah. tests. It's my favorite hormone monitoring test, the dried urine hormone test. And it gives so much information and the way they communicate it to the practitioner and the patient, I find that patients understand it because it's actually a little dial and everybody's got a speedometer on their car and we get that. Whereas when you look at a raw number, it's Mm -hmm. hard to understand, but they tell you with an arrow kind of where you are. And then they tell you how you're breaking down your estrogens which is vital because if you're breaking them down carcinogen pathways, you can promote breast cancer. And they tell you about those two phases of detoxification Mm -hmm. estrogen have to go under. They tell you about your androgens and how you're using those. It tells you your melatonin and your 8-OHDG, which is your DNA breakdown products. So if you're having DNA damage from inflammation and toxicity in the body, you'll have high levels of that, which is a great marker. So I love that test. It's a fantastic test. And I think anyone that's listening that is struggling in middle age, make sure you're asking and advocating for the Dutch test. What are some of the other tests you like for just general women that are perimenopause, menopausal? What are some of the other tests? You've talked about thyroid. You've talked about some sex hormone testing. And obviously the Dutch is really good for that. You know, looking at DHEA, looking at cortisol, what are some of the other things you look at beyond that, that help you, you know, vitamin D I'm sure. Oh, right. Um, Mm -hmm. Looking at, at all those components that really can give us a sense for how well we are doing at middle life. Yeah. And so a lot of these labs can be done at the regular lab, but with the thyroid and L. Russ in the summit really outlines all the tests you need. You want to get those and your fasting insulin, glucose, and A1C. And then you definitely want a salivary cortisol. That's the best. And the Dutch for your sex hormones. And then, so for me, I start with the foundation of hormones because hormones are the communicators in our body. And that really is the most important activity that needs to be restored in your body. So if you think about it, if there's a hurricane in an area, natural disaster, what's the first thing that has to happen to restore functionality to that area? You got to get the phone lines up. You got to get the roads open, communication, because otherwise nobody knows Oh, we need a construction crew. We need water, fresh water. We need food. People don't know. There's no communication. We need, we have three people who are injured who need to get to a hospital, right? There's no communication, no functionality. So it's the same in your body. And your hormone system is your wireless communication system. Your central nervous system is the hardwired part of your nervous system. It's much hardier, just like the hardwired internet in your house is probably pretty hardy. It doesn't go out that much. But if your house is like mine, the wireless, several times a week, there's a storm, what happened? My router's not communicating with my computer properly. So there are all these steps that you can have problems where your hormones are the same because your brain has to secrete a hormone that has to go through your body to the endocrine organ, like your thyroid. It has to secrete a hormone, which has to then be transferred from inactive hormone to active Mm -hmm. hormone. And then it has to get to the cell and the cell has to recognize it and take it in and it has to get to the nucleus. I mean, look at all the things that have to happen. So there's so many points of disruption. So this is why we have so many hormones problems. So foundation is communication and hormones. You've got to get that straight. Then I go to inflammation and toxicity is next because what's disrupting our hormones? Inflammation and toxicity. So for that, that can come from inside the body or, or outside. And inside the body, it comes from the GI tract all the way from your mouth to your butt. And from outside, it can be heavy metals and the things we talked about in your cleaning products, toiletries, 
clothing, housing, just all the things we come in contact with. So I really think that everybody as part of a basic functional evaluation needs a functional stool test. Hear me, functional stool test, not a stool test at your regular doctors. They won't even know what I'm talking about. And a food sensitivity test. Don't ask them about that either because they won't know about it. And JJ Virgin and the summit talks about food sensitivities, which is really vital. So those are two other core tests. And then pretty much everyone needs a heavy metal evaluation. We are all exposed to heavy metals in our water, in our food. It's everywhere. I mean, there's lead in our environment. So most of us have lead if we've ever had those silver fillings in our mouth or we still do. Then we've got mercury, but even if they've been taken out, we've got mercury. And then there's a plethora of other heavy metals. So I'd say that most people need all of those. And then there are other tests, depending on what symptoms you're having, we have a huge toolbox in functional medicine. You know, some people, if they have particular symptoms, might need mold testing or chronic viral infection testing. So there are lots of other things too. That's really valuable. And like Dr. Karen said, one of the things you have to really consider is that if you go to a conventionally Western medicine trained provider, their eyes may glaze over when they hear, I want a DNA-based stool test. I want food sensitivity testing, but yet we need all this information to really get a good sense of what's going on. And I want to share just something that I experienced when I was really just starting to get into perimenopause. When I hit that wall and I suddenly put on weight and couldn't sleep, I was having hot flashes, just felt miserable. Other than my husband saying to me, well, maybe because you're 40, whatever, now you need to kind of accept things. And I said, forget that. There's no way. I was like, time out, engineer man. We're not going to accept that. <laughs> but one of the things I found out was that you can't. So when you, when your mother is pregnant with you, if your mother has mercury fillings, that can be conferred to you. So for me, even though I've never had a filling in my life, thank goodness, um, my mercury levels were off the charts. And that was competing with the thyroid receptor. So not only was I dealing with perimenopause, I was mercury toxic. My thyroid was completely offline and it explained why I was having so many symptoms. So, you know, hooking up with a practitioner that is able to do these kinds of tests can have a huge impact on how you make this transition because I'm so very grateful that my functional medicine provider was open-minded to doing all these things because it made such a huge impression on me. Now, I wanna really kind of dive into bioidentical hormones because I think there's this kind of one size fits all philosophy in many ways that every woman needs exactly the same, whether it's synthetic or bioidenticals, that every woman needs to have these hormones repleted either in perimenopause as they're making the transition or into menopause. And I, many, many people were asking, you know, what your thought process was because they're getting so much conflicting information. You know, one person saying everyone should be on Premarin and oral contraceptives. Like my 49 year old best friend from high school was put on oral contraceptives. This woman is not going to get pregnant. She's just in perimenopause, <laughs> heading into menopause. And they were trying to ward off some of her symptoms. Like you mentioned, you tried to talk everyone out of being on the pill. So what is your kind of philosophy, methodologies around this? Because this is a super hot topic, probably just as much as the hot flashes question that I was getting. Okay. So the hormone issue, and like in the summit, we have someone talking about every hormone and three people talking about estrogen. And actually, before I interviewed one of the people in the summit, Dr. Lindsay Bergson, I really said nobody should be on Premarin. But like Lindsay says, the studies do say that even Premarin, which is equaline horse estrogen, is better than none. So I retract that. And now I hear that. But it's kind of like eating McDonald's or getting food from Whole Foods. So the reason why there's so much confusion is a few things. So number one, in mainstream medicine, ACOG, American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, they only recognize two symptoms of menopause, hot flashes <laughs> and vaginal atrophy. Good times. <laughs> Literally, Good that's times. what their documents say. These are the symptoms of menopause, and they can be treated with estrogen for the shortest amount of time necessary in the least dose. That is our official party line. But in functional medicine, we know that those are not the only symptoms of menopause. They affect every system in the body every system has receptors for estrogen 
progesterone and testosterone. And the highest density is in the central nervous system, your brain. And that dementia is increased in women who do not have hormone replacement therapy, natural or otherwise, okay? Along with a plethora of other conditions like osteoporosis, sarcopenia, obesity, gastrointestinal dysfunction. I mean, it runs the gamut. So, you know, in functional medicine, we're going to whatever age you are. And I did this YouTube video titled, Why Menopause Doesn't Matter, just to grab people's attention. Because it doesn't matter what you call it. What matters is what your hormones are doing. And so whether you are 20 or 60, you need to look at the hormone levels and the disruption and balance people into the optimal levels so that all cells are getting that proper nourishment and communication for them to be healthy. So it doesn't matter that you call it menopause or you're in menopause. What matters is what are your hormone levels? And it doesn't matter if you have PCOS or fibers, it just, you need to get the levels normalized. So, you know, mainstream medical toolbox we talked about is prescriptive authority prescriptions, right? So in that toolbox is only medications that have been FDA approved in double-blind placebo-controlled trials, okay, which are extremely expensive, billions of dollars to get FDA approval for a drug. This means that Substances that are naturally occurring, like you have in your body three types of estrogen, estradiol, estriol, estrone, and progesterone you have, and you have testosterone. Mm -hmm. A company cannot get a patent on any of those and sell them because they can't restrict others from selling it, so they can't make a profit with it, and they're very inexpensive. So all you're going to get in that toolbox is those drugs that have gone through pharmaceutical vetting. But that doesn't mean that that's all that's available. And bioidentical hormones are naturally what occurs in your body, what you naturally have, so no company can get a patent on it. So because of this, in the 1950s, people were observing, oh, menopausal women seem to age more rapidly. So somebody got the genius idea to take pregnant horses who have a lot of estrogen called equiline, collect their urine and take out the equiline and put it in a tablet called Premarin and give it to women. And the, the ads, if you see them from the 1950s, are really pretty comical. And it just shows women, you know, with their equiline and then they're all of a sudden youthful again. And this is back before they required double-blind placebo-controlled trials. So I don't even know if those has ever been done on Equilin. But what happened is they started noticing all these women getting uterine cancer on Equilin. So they said, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? This estrogen unopposed in the uterus is causing overgrowth and cancer. So the pharmaceutical company says, well, we need to not take it off the market. That might be an option. wasn't for them. We need to come up with a drug that's going to counteract that effect and stop them from getting cancer so we can still sell Equilin and then we'll have another drug to sell. So that's what they did. And they came up, they took progesterone because they couldn't get a patent on that, which probably would have done the job. Mm -hmm. And they put, took it in the lab and added different chemical groups to it to make it different. So they made medroxyprogesterone acetate, also called Provera. And they gave it to these women with the equiline. And guess what? No increased risk of uterine cancer. But 50 years later, the Women's Health Initiative study on Premarin and Provera or PremPro and PremPhase was halted early because there was an increased risk of breast cancer and other serious health problems. So, you know, we look to the FDA to protect us, but unfortunately, for many reasons, that's not always the case. And this is an example of it. But what happened is, I remember that day, because, you know, the New York Times had an article, yeah. and all these women were calling the office and freaking out, oh my God, my hormones are going to cause me to have cancer. And everyone stopped their hormones, and that's when people really got mm -hmm. afraid. So you can still get those. They're not off the market. 
Now, in your regular doctor's office, there are some bioidentical tools, right? There are some estradiol patches. You never want to take estrogen orally because then it causes a problem with your liver. So that's just a no-no period. But you could use a patch. Now, the problem is there's no estriol in there. And estriol is the one you really need because it prevents breast cancer. And also, a lot of women don't feel like themselves if they don't have estriol. So estradiol patch is okay in a pinch, but my preference is that we give both estradiol and estriol, never estrone because that can promote breast cancer. And fat makes estrone. And most of us have, you know, three quarters of us at 50 have enough fat. (laughs) So we have too much fat. So we're making more estrone than we need. So we don't want more of that. So the functional medicine practitioner is going to use biologically identical. Not to mention that these Prem and Prem Pro, Prem Phase, estradiol patches are one size fits all. The dose is the dose. I think maybe that some of them have two doses. Mm-hmm. And with bioidenticals, you can customize it to the point 10, 100 milligrams. So I could even say 1.1 milligrams of testosterone. I can specify, I want a mix of estradiol and estriol, 80%, 20%. And I want two milligrams of that. They make it custom for the person. So it's customized for you. And then based on your Dutch results, we can adjust it for what you're needing. So we get those dials Mm -hmm. right in the hot spot where you want them where you feel good. So, and then the birth control pills are all synthetic hormones. And there's data to show that the earlier you start on them and the longer you're on, once you're on them over 10 years, your risk of breast cancer is increased. And pretty much no doctors are telling their patients this when they put them on the birth control pill. They just write the script here, take this. But, you know, I think that women really deserve to know that. That's informed consent. So bioidentical hormones, when you are doing hormone restoration and bringing it to physiologic levels, not supra, not too high, that actually helps to promote the health of your brain, the health of your bones, your muscle health, which helps you to lose weight and keep your weight down. It helps your skin, your eyes. Dr. Ronnie Bonick did a great talk in the summit about hormones and eyes. It helps your gastrointestinal tract to function better. It helps really everything. That was such an incredible oversight of so much information that I know women will be able to listen to this podcast and take so much from it. And I want to briefly, just before I want to be respectful of your time, but for those women who are not yet perimenopausal, so the woman who might have PCOS that is masked by being on synthetic hormones for years. I myself was one of those people who had wonky periods for years and years and years. And it wasn't until I went off the pill after like, gosh, 15 years that I realized my GYN, who much like you was more open-minded. And she said, I actually think, I mean, you clearly are not, you have a luteal phase defects, so you're, you know, your progesterone level is suboptimal, but you probably had undiagnosed mild PCOS for years. And 25% of people with PCOS are not necessarily in insulin resistance, so they can be on the thinner side. So for women that are, you know, dealing with PCOS or dealing with endometriosis or dealing with other types of situations, can you briefly kind of touch on estrogen dominance and and how that can play a role in a lot of these, you know, disorders, dysfunctional disorders, imbalances in our bodies that occur before we even get to perimenopause or menopause? Because that was the other key area that I got a lot of questions. Please make sure you advocate for the women who aren't yet there. (laughs) I'll make sure I do that. Yes. And it's so true. Again, you know, those are important and they all have the same underlying dysfunctions. You got to look at what the hormones are doing. So fibroids, endometriosis, PCOS are generally estrogen dominant conditions, too much estrogen. And Dr. Tabitha Barber is talking about that in the summit. So you definitely want to check that out. But it may be that we're not pooping and our estrogen that we make, we have to get rid of. And if we don't get rid of it, which you get rid of it through the trash, which is your poop. That's what I call the trash. (laughs) And if we don't take the trash out every day, we are stocking up on estrogen Mm -hmm. and it's stimulating all the receptors and they're just getting saturated. And that can lead to endometriosis and fibroids, PMS, PMDD, 
what a lot of women don't realize, because no one's talking to them about this, is that toxins in the environment act like estrogens in the body. So even let's say you're pooping every day, you're getting rid of your own estrogen. If you're, well, and milk has, and caffeine can stimulate. I'm just saying, I'm just the messenger. So, but these VOCs we talked about earlier, in perfume, scents in perfume, dryer sheets, laundry detergent, deodorant, lotion, shampoo, conditioner, right? They're everywhere. Scents are everywhere. Plugins, hate those things. They get in your body and they sit on these receptors and they act like estrogens. When you drink out of those plastic bottles, you get phthalates Mm -hmm. that stimulate and disrupt the endocrine system. There are so many endocrine disruptors in our environment. So if you're not aware of that and you're like Bed Bath & Beyond, oh, I love Bed Bath & Beyond. Oh, and I like I used to be, this is what I'm talking about me. I would go in there and I would just be like, fill my basket. Mm-hmm. And I, what was that scent that I like? Was it like French vanilla? Oh my God, I loved it. And I would get the lotion and the body wash yeah. and the body splash and the candle. And I would just every day, yeah. I didn't know. And oh, at Christmas, I would give baskets of stuff to people. Now I'm like, oh my gosh. You know, we don't realize it because this is what I used to think. And my kids used to say this to me. They wouldn't allow it if it wasn't healthy. They. And I used to say to them, well, who is they that you think is watching this? And now I say it to myself. Ain't no they watching. So these things all disrupt your endocrine system, stimulate these receptors, and your body thinks it's having an estrogen party. And so it's too much and you have to detox. And this is where that toxicity piece comes in. And I don't mean a Lacey LeBeau diuretic tea that you got at the health food store that the clerk told you is good for detox. Mm -hmm. That's no, right? I'm talking about a 360 degree detox. First, you got to get this, you got to do your home and your body. So you got to get all that stuff out of your home. And then with your body, I'm talking about something that's going to activate phase one and phase two detox in your liver and your phase three detox in your colon, which is pooping and your kidneys. Mm -hmm. So the Lacey Laboti is not bad. Did you guys, my sister and I used to do that when we were teenagers, get the Lacey Laboti and think we were doing a detox. Yes. Well, I get (laughs) clients and patients all the time who'll say, oh, I saw such and such on so-and-so. And And I'm like, well, it's a nice idea, but I'm not sure that's going to be as effective as you would like (laughs) it to be. So let's talk about what's going on with your liver and your colon. Exactly. I got to package up and poop out the estrogen. Package and poop at the sanitation department. That's your liver and it needs help. You got to love your liver. Mm -hmm. So for detox, you got to get that stuff out. So back to PCOS, fibroids, endometriosis, generally, yes, way too much hormone. Now, the issue is that the standard of care in mainstream medicine treatment is birth control pills or some type of hormonal suppression, whether it's a hormonal IUD or an implant or a birth control pill. And that will shut down your own hormones so that there's really no hormonal stimulation, but at what cost is what you need to ask yourself? Sure, now your period's lighter or maybe it's gone. Sure, you have less pain, maybe, but at what cost? So I have had women come to me. I had one, a new client yesterday who got that implant. Her hormones are so messed up. (laughs) And when you check the levels, typically what they look like is a menopausal women's hormone levels. And actually, when I used to do pap smears, I don't do them anymore. If you look at a woman's vulva and maybe she's 30 and she's been on the pill for 10 years, it looks like a menopausal woman's vulva. So no wonder you lose your sex drive. It it hinders your thyroid functioning, which causes you to gain weight. I mean, you need your hormones. Your brain needs these hormones. Please don't use these synthetic hormones, right? So what's a better option? Get your hormone levels checked and get them evaluated. If you need to detox estrogen, get help detoxing estrogen. If you're progesterone deficient, find out why and then address it. Because 
that's what usually accompanies estrogen dominance is progesterone deficiency because estrogen is the PMS, I don't feel good, fibroid PMS kind of weight gain anxiety hormone. You need enough of it. Not too much, not too little. It's like Goldilocks. But progesterone is the weight loss, diuretic, anti-anxiety, anti-depression, lose weight, feel good, regular light, period, happy hormone. So most people who have those fibroids, endometriosis, PCOS, you've got way too much estrogen, not enough progesterone, and you need to bring them into balance. But it matters. Maybe your estrogen is actually a normal level but your progesterone's all the way down here. But maybe your estrogen's really high and your progesterone's high too, but there's more estrogen than progesterone. So it's not like there's no cookbook. If you have fibroids, do this. If you have PCOS, do this. There's no cookbook. It's individualized. Mainstream medicine would have us think it's cookbook because that's how we have taught people to behave and that that's what it is. Oh, I have a flu, I need a shot at the doctor's office right? Oh, I have painful periods. We go to the doctor. Oh, the answer is a prescription is what we have taught people. Mm -hmm. Condition response. Condition response. Oh, and my insurance should pay for all my health care with the least amount of copay possible because this is an expense to be avoided when the truth is your health is your most precious asset to be invested in. So it's just a whole way we've been trained and indoctrinated. And I was a part of it too. Yeah. You know, but like Oprah says, when you know better, you do better. So, oh, so, so yeah. true. I would love to have you back because there's all sorts of fun things I want to unpack, even T.S. <laughs> Wiley's, as I'm sure you're familiar, yes. recommendations about, I think she's still menstruating in her 70s. That's how much bioidentical she's taking. So, would love to bring you back. Thank you so much. This is so valuable. And I can't tell you how much I enjoyed this. Where can we connect with you? Where can people sign up for the summit, which we're making sure that we drop this episode on Saturday morning so we can get more people enrolled. How can people find you? How do we sign up for the summit? Obviously we'll have it in the show notes, but I want to hear it from you as well. Right. So you will have your, the link in the show Mm -hmm. notes. So you definitely want to go there. The summit is called Stop the Menopause Madness. 53 experts share their top strategies on how to lose weight, regain energy, balance hormones and mood, feel sexy and confident, look great and master midlife. But like we've been talking about, Cynthia, there is something here for women of every Mm -hmm. age. Because too much estrogen, like I said, Dr. Barber's talking about that. We got someone talking about that and it applies to you. So it almost doesn't matter that you call it menopause. And so we've got people talking about cortisol and oh my gosh, everything, every topic. So there's that. They can check out information on my website, although they'll need to follow the link in the show notes to get to the summit because I don't even have any information on the summit on my website. It's KieranDunstonMD.com and it's K-Y-R-I-N-D-U-N-S-T-O-N-M-D.com. And I'm also on YouTube at KieranDunstonMD.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at KieranDunstonMD.com. Well, today has been absolutely delightful. I would love to have you back if your schedule permits. I think there's so much misinformation that's out there. Women really need, whether they are Premenopausal, postmenopausal, we all need better information. And I'm excited to have participated in the summit. So thank you again. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Everyday Wellness. If you loved this episode, please leave us a rating and review. Subscribe and remember, tell a friend. And if you want to connect with us online, visit the link in the show notes.